Well, good morning, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Haley. Yeah, Happy New Year, Dan. How are you doing? I want to answer that. Wow, great big long <laughs> pause. We're off to a rollicking good start on the Repcolite Home Improvement Show, sponsored by Benjamin Moore. Now, I know what's going on. You've got illness in the house yes. that has not really left yes. since near Thanksgiving, before Thanksgiving. I mean, honestly, I feel like since Wallace has started daycare, it's just been nonstop. Nonstop. Yeah. Now, now it's an ear infection or something Again, like that. Yes. And whatever it is, it, it definitely impacts you, right? You can't sleep. You can't. Right. I'm just exhausted. And I feel terrible for him, you know, of course. But, you know, it affects my mental capabilities as right. well. <laughs> it affects your ability to care after a while. So, yeah, that's been Haley's new year. Off to a great start. I um, really hoped 2024 was going to be, a, you know. Well, like, it's not over, Haley. It's just starting. Yeah. You're just off to a little bit of a bump. True. It's going to get fine. He can be healthy as a horse all the time. (laughs) Just the paragon of health. That's what you've got coming this year. I predict and promise it. And not many I've people, got the Dan guarantee. Yeah, not many people can get that. But when you do, it's gold. You take that to the bank. So anyway, that's Haley's New Year. My New Year's off to a decent start as well as they can be. I'm happy with it. Everybody's had a great holiday. We had a lot of fun at home. I had some time off with the kids. We played a couple of reruns. We apologized for that. I don't like doing that, but we did mix them up a little bit. So it wasn't just a full show on rerun. And it was good information still. I mean, it's always kind of nice to revisit some of that stuff. Yeah, things that fall from our mouth are like honey, you know, when it comes to... The quality. I don't even know where I'm going with that. Anyway, we're back. We've got all kinds of stuff planned. Today is going to be an unusual episode. Um, Earlier in the week, I think right around New Year's Day, uh, Dave Altina, he's the son of the founder. The founder of Repcolite was Ben Altina. Right. His son, Dave, worked in the company his whole life, pretty much. Right, exactly. Was president of the company for, I think, 30 years or so, and then handed it off to his son, Dan, who's been on the radio with us multiple times. Anyway, Dave, Dan's dad, passed away earlier this week, right after the turn of the new year. Yeah, so it's been a weird start to the new year, It has been. You know, it's something that everybody in the company, or at least most of us, were aware it was coming. You know, everybody knew what was happening. But when it happens, you know, when you've got somebody who you've worked with, I've worked with Dave well, right. for 26 years now. He I've, hired you. He hired me. And honestly, that is interesting. Um, well, I'll tell that in a minute. But for the rest of the show, yeah. not the whole show, we've got some stuff. I'm not even sure what we're going to do at the end. What we've got in the middle of the show is an interview that we snagged with Dave mm-hmm. about three weeks ago. And it's not going to be Haley and I talking in the middle part of the show. No, it's, it's Dan be- and Dave talking father and son about their experience in the company over the years and kind of reflecting on all of those memories together. And I think it's a really interesting conversation. Right. We'll get some insight into what the paint industry was like, right. you know, what what Dave remembers when he was eight, some of the stuff he was doing as the company was getting you know, on its feet off yeah. the ground here. And it, we'll, we've even snagged a chunk of the interview talks about how the Repcolite name came about. Yes, because people always have questions about they that. They always have questions about that. And we've got the answers coming up. But like Haley mentioned, Dave hired me. That's something that does come out. I'm, that per- particular um, 
little piece of information doesn't come out. But Dave talks about some of the people he hired. Yeah, he's like, you know, it's all new faces here. You right. Know? That there's a few of them right. hanging around. I'm one of those few. And Dave did hire me. And man, I really appreciated that. When we finished that interview, I thanked him for hiring me as he was leaving. And I don't think he remembers the all the drama of my hire. You know, <laughs> of much, course there is drama. There's a lot of drama oh around gosh. pretty much everything I do. Uh-huh. But my hiring was was the same thing. I remember I took a job. I didn't go back. I was going to be a pastor. That's what right. I was going to do. And right. then I decided, okay, that's not quite right. So I ended up, I need to get a job, a real yeah, job. Yeah, I need to make some money. So what am I going to do? At a sign company. And it was good work, but it wasn't my thing. You know, oh, I was going to be a pastor. I got to do something bigger. I got to do something better. And uh, some friends of ours who were painters mm-hmm. said, you should go talk to the guys at Repco Light. They need somebody at the Cedar Village store, you know, in Holland. They need help over there. Maybe you'd be great. So I go over there and, oh, this feels good. You know, I think this is good. The manager there liked me. He sent me straight to Dave. Go talk to Dave Altina wow. in the office at yeah. 17th Street. And so I did. And Dave offered me the job. I said, I'll take it. Then I went home. And then I started thinking, oh, boy, I don't know. Maybe this isn't the future for me. So I declined it. (laughs) And then I went back to the sign place. And then I thought, this is terrible. I wonder if Dave would still hire me a couple days later. So I talked to him again. And then we have a big sit down in his office again. And I said, but is there any future for me here? You know, do I move? Sure. Yeah, that's reasonable. Beyond being in the store. And he said, you could have my job someday. I'm still waiting for that one. That hasn't happened yet. But I did move up. You know, he moved me out. Who knows? It's going to take a coup to get there. Anyway, he made that talk and you know said that that could happen. I believe that there's a future here. Yeah, I go back and then I'm debating again. Maybe I need to just go something. Else. You know, I don't know. Yeah. And I'm praying about it. And I'm working the sign shop and I get an order on the phone, and I grab a pen to write down the order. And I've been praying, what do I do? What do I do, God? Mm-hmm. And I, as I took the order, I hung up the phone and looked at the pen. It was a Repcolite pen. Weird. The only one in the whole place. Oh, my gosh. I took the job. And yeah. there you go. So, all right. Sign. That's my opening story. You know, that's you know one of my favorite recollections of Dave is just his patience with hiring me. I mean, over really. And over that's and over again. Now we're gracious. Gonna take a break. <laughs> yeah. And when we come back, we're going to have that interview between Dan and Dave. And just sit back and enjoy. That's all coming up next. Stick around. And we're back. You're listening to the Repcolite Home Improvement Show, sponsored by Benjamin Moore. And Haley, we're going to get to that interview. Right between Dan and Dave, father and son, talking about their time at Repcolite together and the history of the company. Yeah. So anyway, we recorded this about three weeks or so ago. And Dave is going to basically just jump right in, talking about Repcolite and where it started in a chicken hatchery. Yes. So that's where we're going to pick up right now. It was in the basement of a, a hatchery on 32nd Street. And uh, this this was a low ceiling type of a thing, you know, maybe a seven-foot ceiling. And at that time, what we had was called a stone mill, which was a big barrel filled with a bunch of polished pebbles. And you'd put all the ingredients for the paint in there, start the thing up, let it run for 24 hours, and then unload it and then thin it down. It was kind of cute. My dad used to load that. And there was a spot on the ceiling where he rubbed his head. It was just as shiny as could be. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> then they'd finish up with that paint, and they'd probably make 35 gallons a day, maybe something like that. Drop it in the back of the car. Had a regular route, you know. During those days, um, there was no color machines or anything like that. 
So all the painters colored their, their made their colors on the job. Yeah, by and eye. So all we made was white. All we made was white, and um, put it out there that way. So how many different kinds of paint? Uh, mostly exterior, if I remember correctly, but then they went into some interior stuff as well, yeah. And all oil-based. All oil-based, all oil-based. And it wasn't until after the Second World War that actually Alcott's came in. Before that, it was tongue oil, it was oh, linseed oil. drying oils. Yeah, and so everything yellowed. Yeah, right. Everything yellowed. It took you, a long time you, to dry. Yeah, like. oh, forever. Yeah, forever. And you, they, they would use some ester gum or something like that in there to harden the stuff up. But it was it was a it was a procedure, I'll tell you. And then as things progressed after the war, Elkins came around, and then of course all your formulas had to change. So he would work on that. My dad would work on this. But that time they had moved to 17th Street. Okay. Yeah, they didn't stay in there. <laughs> My dad didn't like that low ceiling, so they got out of there as fast as they could. How old were you when <clears throat> that happened? Do you think? I was eight, maybe. Okay. So you remember yeah. the chicken hatchery, though. You oh, remember yeah. going oh, there. Yeah. And I was going to, in the front of the chicken hatchery, they had a display case with brushes and stuff like that, uh, you know, oh, that so. they would sell to people. So, so it was it actually was a retail a, store, even a little yeah, bit. Yeah, a little bit, but it was mainly a, a painter outfit. Yeah, right. Know? So there wasn't very much do it yourself back then, anyway, probably. No, no, no. People didn't <clears> know how to mix colors. Yeah, right. You know, all the colors were mixed on the job. And so, uh, the, and these painting contractors, they had the, the expertise to do that. They knew how to do it. Now you could really start making good paint when you had Elkins. Yeah, right. That made, you could that tailor made all the paint. properties that and the dry all, times. They made all of good paint. Um, that wasn't until after World War II. I didn't realize oh, that. No, I think it came about during World War II. Okay. I think part of the, the chemistry was developed during... Some kind of wartime yeah. thing, mm -hmm. right? Same with titanium dioxide, right? I mean, right. prior to the World prior, War II, it was prior, white lead. We had white lead, we had zinc oxide, and we had what was called lithopone, which was a zinc compound or some, something or other. White. It was yeah, white. it was white. That's how you made it white. And it wasn't very white. I mean... Creamy color. Yeah, yeah. You couldn't get anything white. And then, of course, because it was all oil-based, everything yellowed. So... I can imagine it was heavy, too, with a lead in there. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was heavy stuff. Yeah. So you started uh, doing formulation stuff kind of right away? Um, maybe after a couple of years. Um, after I got out of college, I had taken some chemistry, which, by the way, doesn't mean anything. No, right. Because uh, this paint formulation, you know, like baking a cake. That's exactly how I describe it to people. I'm like, it's like being a baker, right? And yep, yep. You know what the ingredients are, and you know you can yep. go too far or not far enough with any certain yep. ingredient yep. and make bad bread or bad paint. Yep. But sometimes it's kind of a mystery. Uh, it's not really a chemical thing. It's very complex chemistry going on yeah. that people don't even really understand. To this day, there's stuff that, you know, some of our suppliers, they're like, try this. And if that doesn't work, then try this. And if that doesn't work, then try this. Because yeah. there's no way to know for sure what's going to yeah. actually work. It was, it was simple in the, for, in, the, in the days of the, the original Elkins. So the advent of latex paint happened oh probably when you were just starting to work, right? Actually, no. I was in it for a little bit of a while, I think. 
And then I tried to make latex paint. Ah. I could make the paint, but I couldn't get it to do what oil-based paint did. Because, like flow out? Yeah, flow out and make a, look, uh, a nice looking job. Well, finally it gave up because everybody was coming out with latex paint and nobody could get it to flow out. Oh. So, so you just, you know, you did it. And it was all flat in those days. There was no semi-gloss or satin sheen or anything like that. It was all flat. Right. Well, even in my career, it, originally it was flat paint and semi-gloss. Yeah. And then there was satin sheen, and then now there's eggshell and matte, and you know, it's like yeah. seven different sheens, and it used to be two. You yeah. want semi-gloss or you want flat? Yeah. Semi-gloss for woodwork, flat for the walls. You yeah. Know? The gloss then, paint was the other one, you know? That yeah, there was, was always fairly gloss. common, too. Yeah. There was always the gloss, too. <laughs> yeah. What kind of batch sizes was it when it was early on? 50, hundreds? I think we made 50, uh, 50s for a while, but I think it was hundreds, yeah. We were, it wasn't long when we were making 100 at a time. And then canning was all pretty manual process? It was all manual. Labeling was all manual. Yeah, right. So, Did you put a, you had cardboard boxes like we still use now? Four cans in a box? Yeah. I remember one of my jobs, first jobs, was making the boxes. And we didn't use tape back then. It was staples. Mm -hmm. yeah. And we had that air stapler and just all day long making boxes. Now they do it with tape, and there's somebody that probably spends a good part of their day making boxes still. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> I remember when I was in kindergarten, you would come and pick me up at noon. I must have had morning kindergarten with this big green oh. flatbed steak oh, truck. Yeah, yeah. And all the other kids were so jealous that <laughs> 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 we had this huge truck. I got to ride in this big truck. Yeah, I drove that truck back and forth to work for, I don't know, a couple of years. Yeah, I remember going on deliveries with you and then, you know, you'd wheel a cart of paint to somebody's garage or something like yeah. that. And then you'd let me get on the on the cart and you'd wheel me back to the truck. Yeah. <laughs> My first job for Repcolite was to go to the dump and pick up bleach bottles, take them home, wash them all out, and bring them to the store. I mean, come on, Dad. Buy some clean cans. <laughs> Don't make your kid do this. Well, I so remember. Then, that's what they would fill paint thinner and stuff like turpentine and stuff in those Linko bleach bottles. So how many would you collect at a time? Oh, you could get a lot of them, let me tell you. Oh, really? Oh, because people lose a lot of bleach back in those days. That's how you got stuff white, you know. So, yeah. You so, could, like, you father, like, son, I remember one of my first jobs at the paint store was somebody got a brilliant idea of, um, hey, there's this pickle company down south of here. Um, they have a truckload of used pickle buckets. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to have my kid clean those pickle buckets out. Yeah. So I, I remember having this whole semi-truck full of used pickle buckets yeah. and I would work on Saturday you know um, I, yeah it was on Saturday I'd come in and I'd fill up a tank with hot water and detergent mm -hmm. and one at a time with a bell brush clean out yeah. the inside of those buckets and then stack them upside down to dry and <clears throat> I remember it took a while the first maybe third of the semi truck was good 
you know, the buckets were not really that dirty. Yeah, and, yeah. and then the farther into that truck I got, oh. I was coming in, you know, I'd pull two buckets apart and there'd be a dead rat in there. Oh. And it was just the grossest thing ever. It was horrible. And I just thought, come on, dad. Spend that, a couple you, bucks. Go buy you, a truckload of regular. You, would you consider that child abuse? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I pretty think, much. Uh, that was child abuse. All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there's been a lot of good moments too. You know, we've had oh my. a lot of fun Christmas parties and oh my. gatherings and picnics and so much fun. Such a such a wonderful place to work. Yeah, we had a lot of long-term yeah, employees. A lot of long-term employees, and most of them, there's a lot of those now. The the ones that I heard way back of are pretty much out of the picture yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Right? A lot of them retired, you know. Mm -hmm. So, and we're looking at probably in the next couple of years another round. Oh, really? Where it's going to be just me left. Oh, just me. <laughs> Everybody else That's will be new. Good. New, you know, they've only yeah. been there for 20 years. <laughs> yeah, but that, you know, that was one great blessing that we had. People came by us, worked by us, and stayed. And retired, yeah. And retired, you know. Yeah. That, I, I guess that says something about the company and the way the company was run, but it also says a lot about the employees who came to work for us. Yeah, how dedicated how they, they were. Yeah, it was amazing, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because yeah. there's easier work, you know. Yeah. It's not, the paint business is not very easy sometimes. No. Yeah, no. we've we've been blessed for sure. <coughs> that is for sure. You know, several 40-year employees. Yeah. Well, I was at about 50 because I started at 20 and... 70 retired. 70 I retired, yeah. 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 Don't retire, people. <laughs> That's... No, it's not as good as it sounds. No, I struggled. But so, it turned out okay. You know? Yeah. We got a great place to live, and it's it's pretty nice. So, But I never got up in the morning that I wasn't eager to get to work. Yeah. I always ready said, to go. I'm ready to go. Yeah. Excited about but, yep. whatever the day might yeah. bring. And I always was lazy enough that I left enough on my desk so I had something to do the next morning. <laughs> <laughs> You've seen my desk, so you know I've got several my, things for next morning. We should put this on the <laughs> video here. We should put his desk on should the video. Should shame me publicly? Yeah, yeah. I, I think this would be a, a really, really good You think idea. that'd be helpful? That would be helpful. You think it might work? That would be helpful. I'm not so Everybody sure. Everybody would say, this poor guy needs help. <laughs> yeah. They'll feel sorry for me. My desk was not much better, I'll tell you that much. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to have the other half of that interview, and we'll get to, really, the source, the origin of Repco Light's name. The origin story, yeah, yes. that's all next. Stick around. And we're back. You're listening to the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, sponsored by Benjamin Moore. And we're kind of in the middle of a tribute episode. Yeah. Uh, Dave Altina, the... Son of the founder of the company. Right. Second generation uh, president. Yeah. It passed away earlier this week and we had snagged an interview about three weeks before he passed and we're playing bits and pieces of that right now. The interview is Dan, his son, just sitting and talking to his dad and really recounting the story. So let's just pick up with that again right where we left off. So when's the last time you painted something? Two summers ago, probably. Painted my windmill. Oh, that's right, right. I painted my windmill. 
and I think I painted some windowsills. Last time I painted a room, oh my goodness, 20 years ago maybe. Wow. Because we had a painter do it the last time we did it. So. Right. You get to a certain stage in life and you can afford to have somebody else paint for you apparently. I've not reached that stage yet. <laughs> I, loved, I, lo I lo always like to paint. I mean, you should like to paint if you're selling. If stuff. you're in the business, yeah, yeah, it helps. If if you don't like it, you're in the wrong <clears throat> business. You better uh, find something else. But I always like to paint. Me too. There's a satisfaction oh, that yeah, you get yeah, from yeah. finishing a job. Yeah. You know, the other thing that's satisfying that I think about once in a while, and not so much now that Holland is bigger, but back, you know, I don't know, 20 years plus ago, you'd go into any store, any restaurant, the doctor's office, uh, the hospital, the school, and you knew that all the walls were painted with stuff that yeah, you yeah that we maybe formulated, we yeah. maybe made it, you yeah. know. We for sure probably sold it to them, you yeah. know. Yeah. And there's a certain amount of pride and there satisfaction is. that is. came from that. Yeah. Now the town's bigger and there's probably, you know, you can't be so certain of that anymore. No. But in a lot of cases, you still can, you know. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that that's a satisfying feeling. That's a point of pride for me. Yeah. So, looking back, from my perspective, but first of all, from your perspective, why have we been successful where thousands of paint companies have gone under? I think a lot of it has to do with what we've been talking about is finding opportunities or having opportunities come to us and not letting them go past, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I think that um, staying humble has something to do with it, you know? We, we still paint our own house, or I do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, we're not, it's not a corporation. It's just a group of people that are dedicated to this kind of business. Mm -hmm. and. I don't know, I, I, and I think that we've been just very blessed and very fortunate to be in a part of the state here that's yeah. always had a good economic kind of base yeah. and hasn't been subject to the ups mm -hmm. and downs uh, other places have. And so I think a lot of it is just plain old, you know, blessed with, with good fortune, you know. But having a lot of dedicated people is a big part of it, too. Oh, yes, it's a big part of it. From my perspective, um, I think we've always kind of gone along with the, uh, the idea that we want to be the best. Not because we want to brag about being the best, but because we want to be the best for our customers, for our employees, and um, for our community and that sort of thing. And I think that that comes from a perspective that says, you try your best, you do your best. Every time you try to do your best. And I think that's what God requires of us. And so I'm, I, I've always, always been so happy that starting with my dad, and then me and then you, that that whole idea has always permeated the entire company, that we wanna do our best. We wanna do our best in the back room making the paint. We want to do our best delivering the paint. Whatever we're doing, we want to do the best. Right. And um, I think that that's, a, that's something that has stood us in good stead because, like I said, there's 
thousands of these small paint companies that have gone out of business. And uh, we're still cranking away. So, mm -hmm. yeah. We're one of uh, not very many anymore. No. <laughs> I mean, back in the in Michigan. Yeah, there's uh, two architectural paint companies in Michigan, yeah. and that's an exception even there to have yeah. two in one state. Yeah. I remember the, the trade magazine, the Paint Journal, yeah. originally it was mm -hmm. called, and then it got named a couple other things. They would have the, it was the top uh, 100 paint companies mm -hmm. in sales in the, yeah. in the United States. And um, we were knocking on the door of being on that list. Mm -hmm. Um, mostly, well, we were growing, but also because of this attrition thing that you're mentioning. Mm -hmm. And I remember chasing that, thinking, we need to get on this list. And when I thought, well, okay, we might make the top 100 this year, they made it the top 50. Oh, they switched yeah. it to the top 50, yeah. and then the top 25. Because and it's because there was no the companies out there. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. In the 1980s, yeah. the early 1980s, there was something like somewhere several hundred paint companies like Repcoid in the United States. Mm -hmm. And now somebody in um, a kind of related business I was talking to, this is maybe six months ago, said that they were did some market survey to try to figure out how many architectural paint companies mm -hmm. are around 34, I think he said. Really? In the United States, yeah. Really? Yeah. 34. Yeah. Yeah. Well. When my dad started, there was a paint company in Muskegon, which is now ours. Yeah, Port City. There was a paint company, in, two paint companies in Grand Rapids. Yeah. There was a paint company in South Haven. There was a paint company in Kalamazoo. I mean, in that small distance, there were five, at least five, paint companies doing the same thing we were doing. Yeah, you know? right. And so then it doesn't even count six. the east side of the state where no, there was a bunch no. more. There was, oh, there was a lug of them on the east side of the state. Yeah. yeah. Somehow we managed to yep. make it this far, right? Yeah. yeah. It's been good. It's been good. Yeah. And it's been an interesting journey because there's just been so many turns along the yeah. way, you know. And, and I think that's part of what makes it interesting. First of all, it's something that you can gain a lot of knowledge, but it's hard to master. There's just so many things to know in the coatings world that nobody can know everything. No. And so it's a lifelong learning thing. At least that's the way I look at it. You know, every day, at least, maybe not every day, at least once a week, I get educated on something I didn't know yeah. mm -hmm. in the paint world, you know? Yeah. To me, that's what makes it interesting, keeps mm -hmm. it interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's constantly evolving. There's yeah. and it's not just trends things, it's technology, mm -hmm. it's the way people build houses, it's all kinds of things yeah. have changed that have yeah. made us need to change, you right. know. And so what happens is that um, you you change and you're not fighting that change. You're Yeah, you embrace embrace it. Yeah, you, you have it. to. Right. And so then consequently then and by embracing that change, you keep up with the market and you're able to still compete in the market because you've, you've been willing to make those changes. Yeah. And, you know, again, we've been blessed, like uh, the whole trend towards uh, buying things on the Internet yeah. hasn't really hit our business at all. That's right. People need to see it in real life. Yep. They need to yep. touch it and... 
and and it's heavy it's a liquid it doesn't transport well so there was never any like offshoring of the paint business yeah, you know right, for anybody right, it's right. all made domestically here yeah. So there's been some things like that that have gone in our favor. Because mm -hmm. right. if you think about retailers in general, um, I got to think that we're probably one of the oldest retail, certainly in, in Holland, maybe in West oh, yeah. Michigan. Oh, yeah. Um, everything else has come and gone, and um, people still want to go to the paint store. Yeah, there's still that um, ability to learn that people want to learn. And so they come to the paint store where they can get the advice that they need and the learning that they need and be well taken care of by people who got a smile on their face. Yeah, it's, um, you don't want to say cliche like old fashioned, it's old fashioned service, but it kind of is, right? It is, it is, it is. It's not too many places like that, you know, there's no, a couple of the country no. hardware stores that there's are like that. There's some hardware stores out there and stuff like that, but most of the time it's the big box, you know. Yeah, so one of the things that happens all the time still <laughs> is how did you come up with this name? Where did this name Repcolite come from? You know, every other paint company is last name, last name. Sherwin-Williams, Benjamin Moore, Pratt & Lambert. I don't know, maybe our paint was so poor that we didn't want our name. We didn't want to have put, put our name <laughs> yeah, on it? No. <laughs> well, it came about in 1960, 1961. The business had been run as a partnership, first of all with Jake Resselman, so that the name of the company at that, at that time was Resselman Paint Manufacturing Company. And our brand was Dutch Mill. And until the, the brand that you know as Dutch Boy today came along and said, we're going to sue you guys because your name is too close to ours. Well, being small, we didn't want to get into anything against a big company like that. Sure. So we decided it was time to... Time to change the corporate name. And at the same time, we were incorporating from a partnership to a corporation. And that was, that was a, a good move. That was a good move. <clears throat> so um, my dad was not a drinker. <laughs> but I wonder if he had too much Maybe to drink. Maybe that day he uh, had, it was I an just exception. I wonder if he had too much to drink that day. <laughs> Repco. Of course, is Resolvin Paint Company. Okay. okay. Now the light. Um, he must have thought Repco sounded too boring on its own. Uh, yeah, we could have done better. The light came from the fact that a lot of people at that time were using that word as part of their logo. So you had light this and light that, and so then it became Repco Light Paints Incorporated, and uh, that's how the name changed. I can't tell you how many times I thought about changing it. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I've thought I, about it many times too. Yeah, so we did make one change in the '90s, and because it, it used to be Repco Dash Light, right? And when the internet came along, um, the dash became a problem for like yeah. having a, a domain name, having yep. your website, yeah. having a dash in it was a yep. problem. Yeah. So we got rid of the dash, and I remember that was an official thing. We had to. Change the name from Repcolite to Repcolite yeah. by getting rid of that dash. Pull off the dash. <clears throat> a lot of our products also over the years had a hyphen in them. You know, Ultra Shield, oh, yes. Equiglow, everything had a hyphen in it, That's you know? Right. Yeah. Beauty color. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> We've so, finally gotten away from that recently, but just about every product had a hyphen yeah. in the name. So that's how the name came about. And like I said, I, I thought so many times about changing it, but it actually got established. And I guess if people don't like it, they can go shop more somewhere else. Yeah, that's right. I mean, <laughs> yeah, well, they what, can buy Benjamin what, Moore what, paint. What is in a name? <laughs> right, yeah. What is in a name? You know, a rose is still a rose, no matter if it's a rose or not, it's still a rose. So. Right, and you know, if we would change the name, people would still call it Repolite. Oh, I can't we, tell you how long they called it Resil uh, Yeah, Resil people would write checks to Resilman Paint oh, Company yeah, when I yeah. was working, and that yeah. was, you know, 40 it years after the, the name change. Yeah. Happened all the time. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's a it's um it's the albatross around our neck, the name. <laughs> it's what's been holding us back. It's been holding you back, I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, you gotta say one thing about it. It is unique That's and right. memorable. Yeah. It's if you had been two, three letters or Holland Paint Company, where would you be now? Yeah, something generic like that. Yeah, right. I mean, you're in Grand Rapids, you're on the east side of the state, in Kalamazoo, you're in Indiana. I mean, it's, it couldn't be Holland Paint Company anymore. Right, yeah. right. And yeah, if you go on Google and just start typing R-E-P, Repcoi Paint will be one of the first things that yeah, comes up, yeah, you know? Yeah. It's just a, such a unique, yeah. weird word yeah. that, yeah. So it's got its pluses and minuses. Yeah. It doesn't um, doesn't really describe anything. No, it's it's just unfortunately, a, it's what my dad came up with, and so that's the way it here is. Here we are. <laughs> yep. Here we are. Two yep. reptile guys yep. sitting in some brown overstuffed chairs, gabbing away. Yep, talking about what it used to be. Yep. All right, we've got to take a break, but we'll be right back in just a minute. Stick around. back you're listening to the repco light home improvement show sponsored by benjamin moore and it's kind of been an episode focused on dave altina the second generation president, president of the company his right. dad founded everything his exactly. son dan is running it right now he's been on the radio with us multiple times and dave passed away if you missed that passed away earlier this week so we're kind of just reminiscing we just played a couple of segments with an interview that we right between Dan and Dave it happened about three weeks ago. Right, we were recording yeah. that, and it's a full video actually. It's not just audio that we have from this interview. And we're going to be posting that as as we're you know, as time goes by, as we're able to get it edited and yeah. processed. We'll be posting it on social media. It's great to just watch the interaction between the two, the just memories of you know what they what they lived through, you know, Dan right. growing up in the paint store, his dad before him growing up in the paint yeah, store. Yeah, there's just some really good stories in that. You know, it's an hour and a half long that we filmed them together, and you're just catching a, a glimpse of that on the radio today, but I think it's a really cool thing to go back and watch. So if you are interested, you know, even in just the history of how things work, I played right. some of these for my kids when I got them edited and said, what do you think? Can I air this on the radio? <laughs> and they just they thought it was so interesting. They loved listening to how things were and what things were like. If that's interesting to you, definitely be checking out RepcoLite's Facebook pages, Instagram, all of that. We'll have those videos there. The website, go to repcolite.com. And if you click the company overview right. There's on an the About, about Us, us page, yeah. yeah, you can read about really the whole story, how we started in a chicken hatchery, all of that. A lot of good stuff there. Check that out. One of the things 
that I think is interesting, you know, in the little bit that we've got left, I think about the products mm-hmm. that they created, that Dan's grandpa, Ben, and the guys that he worked with, the products that Dave, his dad, pioneered and they came out with. And some of those are still around. Yeah. Today. They've been tweaked. It, of course, yes. The technology has been tweaked over time as certain raw ingredients are available or not available. And as technology improves over time, we, of course, want to improve our products. But it is really amazing to think that the same names are on the shelf. That yeah, like a that. Beauty Color is an oil-based product that mm-hmm. we carry. We've made it for years and years and years. And even right now, it's seeing a resurgence in popularity because with Michigan's VOC regulations, right. uh, basically you can't buy oil-based paint from larger manufacturers. We've got there's a little kind of a there's loophole, a loophole. That they wrote into the law. <laughs> they wrote it in for yeah. people like us, right. smaller manufacturers. But we can continue to make these oil-based products that function like oil-based products are supposed to function. We can do that for up to I think about four more years. And so if you're looking for those traditional coatings, we can still supply them. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Really cool. I think about, you know, when I first started at Repcolite, I let someone know that that's where I was going to be going. You came from Benjamin Moore. Right. I came from Benjamin Moore. Exactly. And I was talking to someone in the paint field and letting them know that I was making the transition from Benjamin Moore to Repcolite. And they were really excited for me. Like, oh, that's that's a good company. And I'm excited. You know, they're good people over there. They know what they're doing. And they've got great products. And he had one specific story in mind. You know, when he first bought a house in Holland, he had a neighbor next door that was about 80. And he's recounting the story about this 80-year-old man going, up and down this ladder that's, you know, kind of rickety. And he's like pretty nervous watching this happen, but goes over and has a conversation and asks him what he's doing. And this guy's telling him, oh, I've, you know, I'm painting the house this summer and you've got to use this primer when you paint your house. It's a primer from Repcolite and it's the only thing I'll ever use. And just, you know, starts telling him about the technology and why it's so great. And, you know, he had that story for me then. These are really good products and they've been around forever. It's really fun. You meet people. I talk to people and, yeah, it goes way back. I think it comes out in the interview. They talk about how at one point in Holland, for sure, almost everything was coated with something we either sold or manufactured. It's It's really cool. It's fun to see photos all over the internet. Still, we see them all over the place. People are posting on social media, and you scroll around, and you look in the very background, and there's Repcolite paint cans sitting here and there. And you just think about, this is the dream that Ben Altina had, his son carried on, and Dan is continuing to carry on. And we just wanted to take one episode and really devote all of it to telling that story and uh, basically just saying thank you. They've given... Me a great job. Yeah. Help me support my family and a lot of us, 130 some employees. And yeah, we just wanted to say thanks to the Altina family and express our condolences. All right. If you are interested in checking out more of that interview or catching more of the story, be sure to go to RepcoLight.com and check it out there. Whatever you do today, make sure paint's a part of it. Have a great one. I'm Dan Hansen. I'm Haley Johnson. Thanks for listening.